Tonight, we are going to kick it off with our very own youth leader and teen leader, uh, Jojo Gaxiola. And so, uh, before he comes up, before he comes up, we appreciate Jojo and, and uh, all that he, his wife, and the youth ministry uh, workers do to accomplish so much in these teenagers, you know? It's not an easy job. Nancy and I were, our, were the very first teen directors at uh, New Harvest back then, Victory Chapel. And so we know what it takes to work with teenagers. And so I am so blessed and excited to see this next generation being raised up and being challenged uh, to step forward for the kingdom of God. So why don't we stand this evening as we welcome tonight our guest speaker, Jojo Gaxiola. Come on, give him a warm new harvest. Welcome. Thank you. Check, check. Thank you. Can you hear me? All right, cool. Uh, you guys may be seated. Uh, thank you so much. I just want to say thank you, Pastor Richard and Sister Nancy, for the opportunity. I do not take it lightly, um, and it's an honor and a privilege uh, to be here today. I want to say thank you to my wife uh, for the love, the support. Um, everything I do is because she's always there at my side, so thank you to my wife. I, I always say she's my better half, so if you get to meet her, you'll be like, man, she's so much cooler than you. It's crazy. But uh, I'm really excited to be able to speak today, and uh, just the series, uh, Taking It Back. It's been a, a very encouraging uh, series. It's really challenged me in a lot of different areas, uh, taking back time, taking back peace, uh, taking back this generation. Uh, so many things were, were stirring me up um, in the series, Taking Back and Robbing the Thief. And so our scripture text for this series is in 1 Samuel 30, uh, verse 8. And I'm sure we've, we've went over it a few times. Um, but what had happened was David, King David's village had just been raided. And uh, they're all distraught, unsure what to do. A lot of their family members had been taken. And so the Bible says in 1 Samuel, it says, And David inquired of the Lord, Shall I pursue this raiding party? Will I overtake them? And the Lord said to him, Pursue them. You will certainly overtake them and succeed in the rescue. And we know the story. David went after them, and David overcame. And I believe that is the goal for this series, is to go after what the enemy has taken. Uh, maybe the enemy has robbed your peace. Maybe it has robbed your joy. Um, our goal for this series is to take back those things. And so uh, my job today is to preach to you guys about taking back God's truth. If you guys can say that with me, taking back God's truth. How many of you guys have noticed in, in, in today's society, truth has been under attack? It's, uh, it's very hard to know what is true anymore. There's so much just things that are, are fake, that are deceitful. Um, I think of fake ads, fake emails. Have you guys ever got that email that says, like, click here and you, you want a million dollars, right? And you're like, oh, my gosh. Like, and we all know it's fake. Well, yeah, we still sometimes click, like, well, let me just see, you know, if there's anything coming to me, right? We get all these deceitful ads. Um, you get these phone calls that say, hey, you know, your Amazon package is on the way, but we need your updated bank account numbers to transfer you that uh, package. Um, we see so much uh, fake ads, so much deceit out there. Uh, we also see the rise to, for our young people, I'm sure you guys are aware of this, uh, the term catfishing. You guys ever heard that term before, catfishing, any of our older folks? 
Uh, catfishing is when someone creates a fake online identity. Um, and they go into a relationship with someone that's completely built upon a lie, right? It's like if someone took a picture of this model and they uh, put on this persona of this model and then they, they create this relationship online. Uh, but then what happens when they finally get to meet the person, they're like, oh my gosh, this was nothing what I was expected, right? And they say you got catfished. Um, it's very hard to know what the truth is anymore, especially with social media. Um, there was a recent poll done uh, asking Americans, how much trust and confidence do you have in mass media, such as newspapers, TV, radio, when it comes to reporting the news fully, accurately, and fairly? And 38% of Americans said not very much or none at all. It's very hard. We hear this term all the time now, fake news, right? Like, which news media is telling the correct thing? Which, which social media network is telling the truth? It's so hard to recognize what is truth. And what the world turns to for truth is under attack, right? You can't even trust the media. You can't trust doctors. You can't trust, there's so many people that you just, you don't know what is true anymore. And I believe beyond the world set of truth, a God's truth has been under attack. Uh, we see the rise of other religions, um, these, these religions that seem like almost so close to Christianity, right? But there's one key point that's missing in Christianity. We see the rise of these sects of religions that, you know, don't acknowledge the Holy Spirit. We see the rise of religions that don't believe in miracles, right? Christians that just don't believe in miracles. Uh, when we know what God's truth says about these things. There's a, there's a group of people that believe in God but don't even acknowledge Jesus, right? They don't even acknowledge the existence of Jesus. And we see that God's truth has been under attack, right? People are deciding to determine what morality is not based off the Bible anymore. They don't want to go off God's truth. They call themselves a Christian, but they say, you know what? I'm going to determine what morality is for me. You know, the Bible's old. It's not factual anymore. And we see that God's truth has been under attack. And when you look back to see, you know, where do these attacks stem from? Uh, they all stem from Satan, uh, the father of lies, as the Bible calls him. And our series text is uh, John 10.10. 10. And I'm sure we've heard the scripture quite a few times now. But it says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. The thief, the devil, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And it's very important that we as a church understand the devil's tactics, right? We got to understand that, you know, he's not our friend. He's going to offer us the pleasures of this world, but in the end, he's going to try to take our soul. The Bible says what gains a man to gain his whole wide world, but lose his soul, right? The devil's going to always try to deceive you. And what the devil is trying to do is he's trying to destroy God's truth. Every chance he gets, the Bible says that the devil comes like a roaring lion seeking who he can devour looking at every opportunity to try to deceive you, to try to tell you things that aren't true about God. And I believe if the devil can distort your belief in God's truth, he can ultimately destroy you. I'm going to say that again. If the devil can distort your belief in God's truth, he can ultimately destroy you. And that's why I'm so excited about tonight, the message, taking back God's truth. You see, the devil could come and distort and deceive you on what God says about you. Oh, you're, you're a sinner. You shouldn't even be going to church. You shouldn't be reading your Bible. You know, this isn't, this isn't, this isn't you. You shouldn't be doing these things. But we've got to remember what God's word says. God's truth says I'm a sinner saved by grace. I'm a sinner saved by grace. But the devil, yeah, amen. Thank you, Jesus. The devil's going to tell you otherwise. The devil's going to try to distort the truth of God. He's going to dis 
distort what God has called you to. He's going to tell you, hey, you know what? You know, you can't get that new job. You know, hey, you know what? Your, your, your unsafe family's not going to get saved. Your family's never going to be restored. Hey, you know what? You can't get that high school diploma. It's too hard. No one in your family's gotten your diploma. There's no way you're getting your high school diploma. But guess what? God's truth says, I'm an overcomer through him who has overcome the, the world. I'm an overcomer through him. That is God's truth, church, and we got to take that back. We can't allow the devil to deceive us. Uh, the Bible says in Romans chapter 1, verse 18 through 19, for the wickedness of humanity deliberately smothers the truth and keeps people from acknowledging the truth about God. And I'm sure we finally noticed that. We see the rise of Hollywood and all these different uh, social media stars coming against the things of God, right? Promoting things that are just so evil, so, so secular. Um, we hear nowadays these concerts that are taking place where they're literally casting spells on people. Like surreal stuff that's taking place because the wickedness of humanity is deliberately trying to smother the truth. But the Bible continues to say, in reality, the truth of God is known instinctively. For God has embedded this knowledge inside every human's heart. And I, I believe we know the truth. I believe the truth right now is, is being spoken to you, and you guys can, you guys can feel it. it it's, it's coming in your heart as we speak. But we have to understand that God's truth is under attack. Last thing I want to mention is that God's truth will set you free. Jesus said in John 8, verse 31, You are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The truth will set you free, church. You know, it's a beautiful thing to be here in the house of God, to be able to come here freely, to be able to lift our hands, to be able just to uh, hear the word of God spoken to us, because the, the truth will set us free. It's the truth of God's word, and we have to stand on these things. But the enemy does not want you to be set free. He wants you to remain in bondage. You can remember the time before Christ when you were in, in bondage, when you were in chains, when you were addicted, right? You didn't feel at peace. You were lacking God's joy. Uh, that is because you were in bondage. When you got saved, the truth of God set you free. And so as we're talking about the truth of God, you know, taking back God's truth, I want to go over some absolutes so we can understand, you know, what it takes to take back God's truth. And the first one I want to go over, and that is that God is truth. If you guys can say that to your neighbor, God is truth. Tell your other neighbor, God is truth. It seems like such a simple concept, but sometimes it's hard to comprehend. But the Bible says in John 14, 6, Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I'm going to say that again. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to me except through the Father. No one can come to the Father except through me, church. And we have to remember that, that he is the truth. And the world's going to try to deceive us and tell us, you know, this is the truth. This is what you need to follow. This is the direction you need to go. If you just go get your master's degree, you're going to be successful, right? If you just get, make this amount of money, you're going to be successful. If you just marry this girl, you marry this man, you're, you're going to be successful. But Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. See, church, truth comes from God. It, truth comes through God, and it comes through his word, which establishes the basis of truth. It's the, the truth, it's, it's God's word that establishes the basis of truth. We would not have an understanding of what is right or wrong if it wasn't for God's truth. God's truth determines what is morality. 
And the Bible says in Psalms 119.11, I have hidden your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. And you see, church, when we are actively studying God's truth, when we are actively studying the word of God, it says that we're doing this so that we may not sin against God. And that is because if you're having trouble finding morality, if you can't figure out what is right or wrong, um, having the word of God, having God's truth written on your heart, I guarantee you're going to find yourself making uh, more right decisions, right? Because in this world, there's so many things that are like a gray area where we don't even, you can't even tell. It's like, well, you know, the Bible doesn't say, you know, you, you can't be doing this, you can't be doing that. But when you have God's word written in your heart, you're going to have a better chance of not sinning. We're not going to be perfect. I'm not perfect. Ask my wife. I make a lot of mistakes. But I know when I am in the word, I am more likely to be more Christ-like. I know that I'm less likely to be upset about things. I'm less likely to be bothered. I have more fruits of the Spirit. I'm more patient. I'm more kind. I have the joy of the Lord. I'm able to smile more. Um, yes, amen. Yes, thank you, Jesus. How many of you guys know when we're not in our word, man, we are some grumpy people, right? We could, be, we could be the meanest person, man. The Bible says life and death is in the tongue. We could just shred some people sometimes. But that is why, church, we have to be in the word. God's truth determines what is right and what is wrong. God's truth also determines our purpose. The Bible says in Ephesians 2.10, we are God's masterpiece. Man, let that settle in. We are God's masterpiece. I think of someone who's creating this uh, beautiful painting, right? This beautiful masterpiece. That is what we are in God's sight. And don't let anyone ever tell you otherwise. We are God's masterpiece. It says he has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he has planned for us long ago. See, God has a plan for you, church. God has things that he's called you to do. And the only way you're going to know your purpose is if you accept God's truth as being the only truth. Not settling for what the world may tell you is truth, but accepting God's truth. Because God's truth will determine our purpose. See, church, sometimes we fall prey to the illusion that our lives don't matter. And we don't have any true connections. We don't have any people that really love us. But we are God's masterpiece. And he has called us to do good things for his purpose, for his honor, for his glory. And lastly, God's truth determines who we are in him. The Bible says in 1 Peter 2, 9, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. See, church, the devil's going to tell you you're worthless. You don't matter to anyone. Just go die. You see that a lot in social media, people posting, yeah, just go kill yourself. You're, you're worth nothing. But the Bible says we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a special people. We have to understand God's truth if we want to know who we are in him, if we want to know our purpose. We have to determine to take back God's truth because we've, we've consumed ourselves with the world so much that we're losing God's truth. We lose sight of God's promises. We lose sight of what God has called us to do. You want to know truth? You need to know God. You want to know truth? You need to know God, plain and simple. The truth starts and it ends with him. See, church, like I mentioned, God is truth. And if we want to acknowledge that God is truth, then we have to acknowledge that the Bible is truth. You guys can say that to your neighbor. The Bible is truth. The Bible is truth, man. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 3.16, 
all scripture is inspired by God. We hear this all the time. Well, the Bible's man written. It was written, you know, a couple thousand years ago. It doesn't even matter anymore. No, the Bible says clearly all scripture is inspired by God. Yes, it was written by man, but it was inspired by God. And it is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. You probably hear people say this a lot, like, you know, the Bible's so old, it's irrelevant anymore. Well, when you think about what the Bible does, the Bible is to teach us what is true and make us realize what is wrong in our lives. And how many know we don't want to be told what is wrong in our lives? We don't like people to say, hey, Joe, you know what? Uh, you're, you're not really playing the guitar right. You're just, your, your chords are not good. And, and I don't like that. I'm just going to be honest with you. But I have to learn and I have to accept that and I have to take that criticism and be better. And we see people are trying to downplay the Bible because the Bible is going to bring something out of you that's tough. It's hard to be. It's hard to be nice. It's hard to love people. It's hard to choose to make righteous decisions. But that is what the Word of God is going to encourage you to do. It goes on to say, it corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. See, we always got to be very studious. We got to be students at heart who want to learn and who want to uh, be able to do what is right. The worst place we could come to is like, oh, I already know it all. I've already read the Bible a dozen times. Like, I, I don't need to read it anymore. I, I, could, I could get through life without it. The Bible says, no, we, we need it because it corrects us when we are wrong and it teaches us to do what is right. The Bible is a supernatural book, church. There's something supernatural about it. Sometimes you're reading it. You don't even understand why you're reading it. You don't understand what's going on. But let me tell you, God is planting a seed supernaturally as you're reading the book. There's times, sometimes my mind is so fluttered, but I'm just reading the Bible and, and I'm frustrated. And honestly, I'm not even thinking about what I'm reading. But these scriptures, they come back to me. They come back to me. The Bible says in Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is alive and powerful. The word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. Cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow, it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. I believe right now as I'm reading scripture to you, your innermost thoughts and desires are being exposed. And it's hard. It hurts, man. Like, I think sometimes when pastor says something, you're like, ooh, you felt that. It's like a cut, right? The Bible says it's sharper than a double-edged sword. It, it cuts through bone and marrow. It cuts through our spirit and soul. It cuts out the iniquities that are not supposed to be in us. It removes the impurities. That's what the Word of God does. It's alive and powerful. It's not just some simple book, church. Young, young person, I know it's hard to read the Bible, but, man, if I could encourage you, take five minutes a day. I remember being a young person, and every morning my go-to was to open my phone and to look at ESPN. I love sports. I always had to know what was going on in the sports world. And God challenged me like, man, just close ESPN and, and read the word. And it was tough. It was tough. And sometimes I'd be reading the word and ESPN gives me notifications like, oh, oh, so-and-so got traded. I'm like, oh, God. And I cut out for a couple minutes. And then I go back to the word. And I'm telling you, the devil's going to try to distract you because the word of God, it's alive and it's powerful. Amen. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your word, God. But church, as I said, God's truth is under attack. We probably know we've seen it before. The Bible is under attack. Again, that scripture, John 10, 10, the thief comes only to kill and destroy. 
Uh, I was reading a couple articles on, on the Bible, and I read an article that said the Bible was sixth on the American Library Association list of most banned or challenged books in 2015. It means all the libraries across America, this was a, a book that was, I had the most complaints about it. And people were working and striving to get rid of, to get it banned from all libraries across the country. And uh, fortunately, some libraries actually did get rid of it. Um, we also see this in a couple of school districts in Utah right now. They're fighting to remove the Bible from all uh, school libraries in the state of Utah. And, and I guarantee you this isn't the first state it's happened to, but it's really taking a lot of headlight right now um, in the state of Utah. They're also working, uh, some politicians are working to create a new Bible, a less offensive Bible, a Bible that, you know, is more politically correct, a Bible that's more fair to all people, right? But church, we have to know that the devil is trying to destroy the Bible. And the devil will twist God's word and it'll even cause you to question it. Like, man, does the Bible really say that? And the only way you're going to be able to beat out these questionings is if you're reading the word of God. And we see this early on in the book of Genesis, right? The very beginning in Genesis chapter 2, verse 16 through 17, we see uh, the serpent come down. Uh, but the Bible says in chapter 2, but the Lord... God warned Adam, you may freely eat the fruit of every tree in the garden, except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, you are sure to die. Very clear cut. If you eat its fruit, you're sure to die. But guess what the Satan does in chapter 3, right? The Bible says the serpent was the shrewdest of all animals the Lord God had made. And one day he asked the woman, did God really say to you, you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? See that being very deceptive, right? God had clearly told him, do not eat of the tree of good and evil or you surely will die. But what does Satan come and do? He comes and tells her, are you sure that God said that? And let me tell you something, church. The devil's going to come and question you on the Bible. Does the Bible really say this? Does God's word really say we need to forgive that person? Or can we just avoid them? Can we just like, oh, you know what, I'll just never look at them again. I'll just, I'll just, you know, if they're walking that way, I'll just walk the other way. All right? You know, if they're in the office, I just, I'll just go to the other side of the office. Because I'm just going to avoid them. Right? We know what the Bible says. We've got to forgive one another. Because we have been forgiven much. Does God's word really say I need to wait till marriage? Right? Is that even relevant anymore? Do people still do that? Is that even possible? We have technology. We have safe sex now, right? What does the Bible say? The devil's going to challenge you, man. What does the Bible say? Does God's word say I have to obey authority? You know, what if they're disrespecting me, you know, disrespecting my manhood, you know? Does the Bible say I have to obey authority? Does God's word say I have to obey my parents? Man, good questions, good questions. And you find the answer. You read the word of God and tell yourself, what does the Word of God say? Because I guarantee you, if you're not in the Word of God, you're going to find yourself not following the Word of God. The devil is going to do everything in his power to twist everything that God's Word says because God's Word is alive, it's powerful, it is the truth. It is the truth. But the devil is going to try to take it away from you. In Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, it says, Study this book of instruction continually. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything that is written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. 
See, church, how many of you guys want to prosper and succeed in all you do, right? Want to be a good father, a good husband, a good teenager, right? A good young person. You want to get good grades. You want to get a good job. You want to find a good husband, a good wife. The Bible is very clear right here. Study this book of instruction. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. Only then. You know, I, I've worked for quite a few years now, and uh, one of the things I see is people leaving the jobs for, like, dumb things, where I think, like, man, like, man, just humble yourself. Like, all the guys asking you to do is mop the floors, and they say, like, I'm out the door, right? But I believe, you know, when you're in the Word of God, God gives you the spirit of humility, and God begins to speak to you to where you can take on criticism, and you could truly be successful, um, but when you're not in the Word, it's, it's very hard to find success. Uh, the Bible also says, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And so if we could have a little illustration here, if we could cut the lights. So the Bible says, your word is a lamp unto my feet. And so I have my children's little nightlight that we put on every night. Looks like a lamp, I guess you could say. But when I think of what it says, your word is a lamp for my feet, I imagine this lamp allows me to assess my situation, Right? What's going on right around me? What's going on right in front of me? And that's what the Word of God does, church. The Word of God is a lamp. It allows you to assess your situation like, hey, should I be going to this party? Hey, should I be hanging around this person? You know, hey, should I, should I take this new job, right? The Bible goes on to say it's also a light for my path. I'm sorry, my battery's a little dead from the retreat. But... Uh, the Bible says it's a light unto your path because the Bible is a lamp. It's going to allow you to assess your situation, but it's also going to allow you to see what's in front of you. It's going to be a light unto your path that's ahead of you. It's going to say like, hey, you know what? This is what you should be looking for in your future. This is the type of husband or wife you should be looking for. And we could turn the lights back on. It's a lamp for my feet. It's going to help you assess your surroundings. Your situation, whatever you're going through right now, I believe if you open up the Word of God, you're going to find an answer. And the Scripture, I'll be honest, the Scripture may not even, amen, yes, thank you, Jesus. And if I could be honest, sometimes the Scripture may not even make sense, but God's going to be able to speak to you. Remember, the Bible's sharp. It's going to be able to show you and direct you. And if you're having trouble making decisions, you have big decisions to come in the future, you know, turn on that flashlight, read the Word of God, and begin to assess what's in front of you. You end to assess, you know, what, what does God's word say about my future, about my future decision-making? The word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. Like a flashlight, the Bible provides clarity in every area where it shines light on. And it's every area that you allow it to shine light on, right? Because I have the choice to turn on this flashlight. Flashlight's not going to turn on on its own. I press the button, and it's on. And it's up to you. The Bible's going to sit there. And you know what's amazing nowadays? We have the Bible on our phones. I'm sure everyone here has a phone. So there's really like no excuse. Like, oh, I don't have a Bible. Like, trust me, you got a phone. It's on there. And sometimes it's harder to read on the phone because there's probably a lot of distractions, but it's on there. It's possible. Allow the Bible church to direct you, to bring you clarity. Whenever you're in trouble, man, read the word. You're, you're in a tough, tough spot, tough place in life. The word is what's going to direct you. The last thing we need is we need the spirit of truth if we're going to take back God's truth. The Bible says in John 14, 16 through 7, And I will ask the Father, 
and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit. And in some versions they call him, he is the Spirit of truth. So he is the Holy Spirit who leads you into all truth. That is who the Holy Spirit is, church. He is the one who will lead you into all truth. He will direct you when you are unsure, is this the direction I should go, God? Is this the person I should marry? Is this the person I should, you know, start talking to? Is this the job I should take? I would encourage you to cry out to the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit. You know, the world thinks they can solve the truth through science, psychology, and even government. Let me tell you, the world will never be able to find true peace. The world will never be able to find true joy. I don't care what medication, how much money they give you, you know, what cures they find for sicknesses, it's not going to give you peace and joy. It just won't. It's only, it's only God, church. It's only God. And the Bible continues to say in John chapter 14, the world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and it doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and will later be in you. See, church, we have the Holy Spirit in us and he's gonna direct us. The Bible says in John 14, 26, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said. And that's an amazing thing because I know when I read the scriptures, after I hear a preaching, you know who's reminding me of what was said? It's the Holy Spirit. I guarantee you it's not the devil. I'm not going to be here tomorrow and listen to preaching and say, man, like God was speaking to me and start hearing things from that preaching. It's, that's not the devil pouring that into you. That is the Holy Spirit. The spirit of truth. He will remind you of everything I have said to you. He will remind you of the scriptures that you read that didn't make no sense to you. It will remind you of that preaching that you said, where, that preaching you were listening to where you were practically half asleep. But he'll remind you. He brings light to those things. But you see, church, some people cannot decipher the truth because they are not hearing the Holy Spirit. They're not listening to him. They're not making themselves open to him. And you may be thinking, well, I don't know if I have the Holy Spirit. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19, don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price. So you must honor God with your body. See, church, the Bible tells us the Holy Spirit is there. It's there if you've chosen to serve God, to surrender your life, make him your Savior, and be born again. The Holy Spirit lives in you, and our bodies are his temple. But I believe too many times as Christians, though we have the Holy Spirit in us, we have clouded our minds, our spirits. We have clouded it with so much secularism. Secular music, right? We ask ourselves, like, man, why do I always want to drink? Why do I always want to party? Why do I always lust after these girls? Like, what are you listening to, right? And if I was a parent, I would, if, if I could encourage the parents, Monitor what your kids are listening to. And you young people, you know what's out there. The music is very, very horrible. Horrible. Talking about having sex with all these women. Uh, talking about doing drugs. Talking about killing people. It's horrible. And how can you hear from the Holy Spirit if you're filling yourself with all that junk? You're just, you're just not. This is reality, right? You're like, God, I don't want to go to this party, but I'm listening to this music that's saying, like, go to the party. Go to the party. Like... Come on, let's be real, guys. Hollywood, Hollywood has clouded our mind. The, 
these different movies, uh, you know, some of these movies, I hate to say it, they're like a full-on pornographic film. Let's just be honest, right? Parents, monitor what your kids are watching. Monitor, man. When me and my wife want to go see a movie, we always look it up. Like, oh, there's nudity? Okay, yeah, we, we're not going to go see that movie. Uh, you know what? Ah, it seems like a good movie, but nah, we're, we're not going to watch it. I don't want to open that door in our lives. But see, we ask ourselves, like, man, why am I lusting so much? Or maybe it's because you're, you're not watching, you're not going to pornography websites, but you're watching porn and movies, right? And trust me, you guys know, people know, like, oh, man, at the one-hour mark, it's crazy. Like, so be careful there, <laughs> right? And maybe you clutter your, your mind with bad advice, bad friends. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15, 33, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. You know, you want to hear the Holy Spirit, try surrounding yourself by good Christian people who would encourage you, who will lead you back to the Word of God. But I guarantee you, if you're surrounding yourself by people who are saying, hey, man, like God's not going to be able to help you, you know, try these, these medications, they will relax you. You know, you're lacking peace, this will solve your problem. You know, there's, there's so many things that could be clouding our spirit that we're filling ourselves with that allows us to not be able to hear the Holy Spirit. Church, we have to remember in Ephesians 6, 12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. It's no accident that this, this music is so, so secular. It's no accident that these movies are getting worse and worse and worse. The Bible says in the last days it's going to be so evil. And it's very, very demonic. And if you don't realize that, I pray you do. I pray that you take back God's truth and God opens your eyes to recognize the demonic strategies that are coming through uh, these different media outlets. Because when you are filling yourself with these demonic things, you're not going to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. And maybe you do still hear it, but it's a lot tougher to answer it when you fill yourself with so many of these things. The Bible says in Isaiah 59, 2, but your iniquities have separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear you. Your iniquities have separated you from God. Your sin. We've got to guard our hearts, church. We've got to guard our minds. The Bible says in Proverbs 14, in 4, Proverbs 4, 23, guard your hearts above all else. For it determines the course of your life. We've got to be so mindful, church, of what we're filling our hearts with. Young person, of what you're filling your minds with. I don't care if everyone's on social media. If there's garbage on social media, get off of it. If there's garbage on social media, get off of it. If you can't control yourself when you have a phone, like get off of it. Guard your heart. Church, taking back God's truth. We have to remember that God is truth. God is truth. If you want to stand on God's truth, you must read the Bible. And you must know his truth, right? You must know his truth, his promises, what God has said about you. But you can only find that from reading the word of God. And you have to let the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth, direct you. And watch what you're filling yourself with. Be so mindful. Guard your heart, church. And, if, and that's what it takes to take back God's truth. Amen? All right, if we could all bow our heads, please. We get the worship team to come up.